Hi there, my name is Emma Edelman, and you're listening to Tangible Grace, my story of hope. everyone and welcome to episode 7 of my podcast Tangible Grace. This is my story of hope through life's struggles uh, and I'm really glad that you chose to listen today. If you haven't already, I highly recommend that you go back and listen to the first 6 episodes because they do build on each other. They give you a history, they kind of walk you through the different things, um, uh, different aspects of my story. Uh, and I think it's just really important that you have that information before you listen to this episode. Otherwise, you might be a little bit lost. But, you know, either way, whatever works for you. Um, my biggest goal in this, and I've said it already and I'll continue to say it, uh, is not just to tell my story, but to hopefully give someone else uh, some inspiration to give someone else the hope that they need to make it through whatever they might be going through. And just to show to them that no matter what, God is always with us and he will will just pull us through whatever the struggle is, as long as we let him, as long as we trust him uh, and have faith in him to do that. Uh, his mercies, his grace is just boundless. And so uh, that is something that we need to cling on to and really appreciate and understand. And I certainly can uh, attest to that through my story. Um, but I really want to make sure that other people get that as well. Um, and so, uh, yeah, that's my biggest goal. I also have uh, another uh, hope from this podcast, and I'll share a little bit more about that at the end of this this episode. Uh, but I want to start off before I get into uh, the rest of the story, as it were. I want to start off with a quote. Um, this quote is from somebody named Morgan Harper Nichols. She the way I know her is through Instagram. She posts some incredible um, just poetry, reading, sayings, inspirational quotes, like so many good things uh, that just really kind of, she knows just how to hit the nail on the head when it comes to, you know, different things that you might be facing, good or bad in your life. And so uh, this quote is really cool because it obviously is directly related to us sharing our stories. Uh, but it says this. Tell the story of the mountain you climbed. Your words could become a page in someone else's survival guide. And for me, as I speak from experience, um, while I don't know necessarily that my story has helped someone completely turn their life around, I do know that it has, um, you know, helped people just to kind of get that hope that we've been talking about um, and that inspiration because, of the things that I've gone through and they can see that I made it through and, um, you know, where I'm at today. And, but if I never shared my story, you would never know that. Like if you just met me today, you would never have a clue about all the different things I faced. And that's the same for all of us. Like, unless we tell our stories, no one understands or knows what you've been through and that what you've been through, maybe what somebody else is facing at this very moment and so it's so important for us to share our experiences, our stories, especially when it comes to God and what he has done in our lives and continues to do in our lives. So I just think that's really cool to just think about it in that sense. 
Um, you know, we all climb mountains. There are valleys, there are deep, deep valleys in all of our lives, but we get back up and we keep climbing up the mountains because that's the direction we want to go in. Um, and someone else may be in a valley right now and they need to start climbing that mountain, but they don't know how. So maybe they hear your story and they say, oh, well, this is what I need to do. Or, you know, I can turn to God or, you know, this person has been through it so I can talk to them. Um, and so it, like her quote says, your words could become a page in someone else's survival guide. You just never know. Um, and so it's just really important that we share our stories. Uh, I'm just such a huge, huge advocate of that, as you guys have probably figured out since I talk about it every episode. <laughs> but anyway, um, I want to try and pick up from where I left off on the last episode. But I do want to clarify one thing that I realized later that I never said or told you guys. Um, I did tell you about my, once I went, finally went to court for my hearing, my main hearing, um, that the judge uh, basically gave me time served so I didn't have to serve any more time in jail and also gave me two years probation. So I had to meet with a probation officer every single month for two years um, and basically had to continually update them with what I was doing as far as like, you know, where I was working, where I was living, all those good things. If I traveled out of the state, I had to let them know, even if it was just a short trip on vacation or something, I had to let them know where I was going and when I would be back. Um, but along with that was the fact that I was able to do all that under what they call the First Offenders Act, which means that um, once I served my time, once I did my probation and, you know, I was... Um, basically removed from from probate probation, um, it meant that it was expunged from my record. So if you actually went and looked at my record today, um, it you couldn't actually, if you do a background check on me, it doesn't show up because that's part of the first offenders, um, whatever, act, whatever, I don't know what it's called. <laughs> um, but that's just part of it. Like if you've never been in trouble before, that's something that you're allowed to uh, have taken into consideration based on the crime. Um, and obviously mine was not a violent crime or anything, even though it was a felony. Uh, and so it was expunged from my record. Now, obviously, you know, law enforcement or a judge or whatever can see that that has happened. But when I like apply for a job or, you know, when I go to school or whatever it is, um, I don't have to disclose that at all, unless it's a government situation. Um, I, and they specifically say that. So that's a really neat thing um, for people who do make mistakes that one time, you know, uh, for me, it was invaluable because it just meant that I'm no longer considered a felon. Um, whereas if you didn't have that, then you would be a felon for life. Uh, so that was definitely a good thing, especially obviously because I was so young. But I did want to clarify that so that people understand. And that's why, again, you know, I'm I'm more than happy to share this story. A couple of people have said, you know, are you sure you want to tell everyone everything? Because, you know, this could affect your future. You know, what if you want to get a job and someone listens to your podcast? Well, my podcast is about hope. And that's the bottom line. It's about God and what he's done in my life and what he can do in your life as well. Um, and my record has nothing to do with that at that point. Um, and because it has been expunged, I'm perfectly comfortable sharing um, sharing anything with, with you guys. Well, almost anything. <laughs> to a point. Come on now, guys. Um, but anyway, so to pick up from last episode, um, I did move to Lexington, Kentucky from Atlanta and decided that um, I was going to just start over again. 
Um, and uh, it went pretty well. I got a job at a hotel um, and started making friends uh, there at my job. And then obviously I already had some friends in Lexington. And um, as I've already mentioned, I, I completely was drug free or was completely drug free. <laughs> Uh, but I still smoked. I sm still drank uh, quite a bit. Um, not all the time, but, you know, when we, we would go out with friends or go, you know, for drinks after work or whatever, I would definitely drink. Um, and there was one gentleman that I, uh, you know, started kind of, you know, flirting with or whatever. It was a mutual thing. And um, one day we went out after work for some drinks. I definitely got a little too drunk. Um and I do know that we ended up back at my apartment. Um, a lot of what happened is, is very foggy. Uh, that's not to say that I did anything against my will that I'm aware of. But I also know that I was not coherent enough to probably make a decision if I wanted to. Um, but anyway, so we ultimately had sex. And uh, he, um, you know, it was just like a one night thing. I mean, you know, still doing ridiculous things, but, um, and kept going on about our lives. You know, we still kind of hung out and stuff, but it was not a relationship or anything. Uh, about three weeks later, I discovered that I was pregnant. And knowing that that was the only guy I'd been with, obviously I, I knew it was him. Uh, initially I was absolutely devastated I actually blamed God, which is crazy, obviously now looking back, but you know, I kept, I kept saying, God, you know, I've been through so much already. Like really now I'm pregnant, but clearly this is my fault, not God's fault. Um, anyway, so at the same time, during this period of time, I met a guy online probably a couple months before that actually. And we had started talking, but this is back when you met people through like chat rooms on AOL and things like that. I'm really old guys. Give me a break. But anyway, um, we had started chatting online. I'd never met him. He was in the military. He's based at Fort Campbell, Kentucky, and uh, actually lived in Clarksville, Tennessee. And, uh, you know, we just become really good friends through online. And of course, back then we didn't have cell phones, so I couldn't call him or anything like uh, there was no texting. I mean, I could call him, couldn't text him or anything like that. So, uh, we just kept up through basically through the internet and um, phone calls. So when I got pregnant, um, I told my good friends first, two of my good friends, one was in Atlanta, one was in Lexington. I was terrified to tell my parents, uh, but I also told the guy I had been uh, seeing or talking to on the internet. Um, and then I went and told the guy whose baby it was. Uh, at work, like, I don't know if I told him the next day or the day after, but it was, I know it wasn't the day I found out I was pregnant and, uh, just told him, Hey, look, I'm pregnant and it's definitely yours. And, you know, I just want you to know. And he was absolutely furious. He was, I mean, absolutely irate. He basically called me a liar, told me that, you know, there's no way it could be his child and all this other stuff. Um, and I was shocked because it wasn't like I was never asking him for anything. I was just letting him know it's a courtesy, right? Um, I never expected us to be in a relationship or anything like that. I just wanted him to know what the situation was. Uh, but he got so angry so fast and I was, it baffled me. It honestly did. 
Um, anyway, so I also told my mom, which was probably, I mean, honestly, I want to say that that conversation may have been harder than the conversation when I got arrested because like, I don't know, I just felt they were already, you know, we'd already been through all this disappointment and all this grief and all this hurt. And now here we are again, like I've done another stupid thing and you know, this is something that's going to be with me for the rest of my life. Like this is a child, Um, I can't get that expunged from my record. Right. Uh, so thankfully my mom, I mean, I, I'm sure she was disappointed, but, um, you know, my mom and my dad just came around me, supported me because what else were they going to do? Um, and, um, basically about two days after I told the guy, um, whose baby it was, he quit his job where we worked and disappeared. And to this day, I've never seen him again or heard from him again. It was the most bizarre thing. A rumor was that he had gone to the Cayman Islands or somewhere like that. I mean, I've never, ever seen or heard from him since then. So it's kind of bizarre. But anyway, the guy who I've been talking to on the Internet wanted to come and meet me. And so uh, I said, okay. And he came uh, from Clarksville, Tennessee to Lexington, a couple hours drive. And um, we met in a public place. And I wasn't, I didn't ever doubt that anything bad would happen just because we had been talking for quite a while, but, you know, still wanted to be safe. Um, And we hit it off immediately. Uh, There was no question about, like, this, this guy was a good guy. And so he came back frequently to visit me in Lexington. And it was about four weeks after I found out I was pregnant, he actually asked me to marry him. Uh, He knew, obviously, I was pregnant. Um, He said he didn't care. He said that he wanted to take care of the baby as though it was his own. Um, And this is like a whirlwind for me. Like, so many emotions. I'm already pregnant, so I'm obviously, like, all over the place. But in my mind, this was the best thing that could happen. This man is in the military. He has a stable job. Like, he obviously cares about me enough to marry him. Like, ask ask me to marry him. Um, Like... This, this guy is going to take care of my me and my child, and the child isn't even his. Like, this this has to work. Like, this is, this is right. So I said yes. Um, I don't know that my parents were too sure about that, but they came up and they met him, uh, and they, they all seemed to hit it off well. And we started planning a wedding for um, just a couple months later, a few months later, before I really started showing Um, and like a lot went into the planning, um, and like right from the beginning, uh, we got a house in Clarksville. So I had to pack up my apartment in Lexington and move to Clarksville. Um, the weekend that I was packing up my apartment, he was there with me, helping me. And, uh, all of a sudden I was in, uh, excruciating pain, um, and, very soon after I started to bleed a lot and uh, he took me to the hospital and sure enough I was miscarrying the baby it's an incredible set of emotions when you're in a situation when this was not a planned pregnancy like though everything around that pregnancy was so bizarre um, you know I was devastated because this, I like, this is a baby. Like I was mortified and 
in an incredible pain and just, um, you know, your emotions, your hormones, everything is going crazy when you're miscarrying. Um, the hospital sent me home. I hadn't miscarried fully yet. They sent me home and basically told me to just, um, monitor my bleeding, monitor my pain level. They gave me medicine and asked me to, um, once I did miscarry completely to bring the fetus back to them so that they could, I don't know, verify, test it. I don't know what they, I don't remember because it's all like that whole situation was just such a blur and such a, uh, just a chaotic time in my mind. So, uh, I went back home and he had to leave and go back to, uh, to base. Like he couldn't stay. And, and I want to say my friend was out of town. Like my really good friend was out of town that weekend or something. So it was just me. And sure enough, you know, I did miscarry completely and I had to go through all that all by myself. And, oh, it was just awful. Um, and again, I was furious. I, you know, I'd finally come to terms with the fact that I was pregnant. I'd found this guy who wanted to marry me and raise my baby and blah, blah, blah. And now it's all gone pear-shaped again. Of course, uh, after some time and some significant time, um, looking back, I can say, you know, I would never want anything to happen to a baby. Um, I would never have gotten rid of the baby. I would never have given the baby up for adoption, anything like that. But you know, now looking back, that was what needed to happen. Um, and I'm, you know, the fact that it was natural obviously is a good thing, um, as far as that's concerned. And so, um, while it was devastating, it was painful, it was emotional, it was awful, um, that it just, it was okay. Like I accepted it and, and moved on. So, we still went ahead with the wedding, planning it and everything. My parents did so much work on it, spent quite a lot of money on it. Um, my dress, all of this stuff. Um, but interestingly enough, once I moved to Clarksville with him, uh, this is now probably two months before the wedding. Um, <clears throat> he changed a lot. Obviously now I was not pregnant either. Uh, he became very distant. He was not the same person I met, like, up until I lost the baby. He was um, verbally abusive. He was angry all the time. He would leave and not come back um, for per long periods of time. Um, and it was very confusing for me. When You know, there were times when it was fine, but the majority of the time it was not a great situation and I would be lying if I said I didn't consider uh, on more than one occasion that maybe, maybe we shouldn't get married. But I also knew how much my parents were doing, um, you know, what was going into it. And I just wanted to believe that this was going to be okay. Like I was going to be able to be okay and settle down and, you know, my start this new chapter in my life. And so I press forward. Um, the week of the wedding, we had already decided I was going to go back to Atlanta because the wedding was in Atlanta. I was going to go back to Atlanta the week before I finished my parents with some final details and things. People were flying in from England and, you know, all these people were coming, etc. 
it was a little nerve wracking too, because it was an interracial wedding. Um, and so I was very nervous about that just because, you know, I knew that that's that, especially back then it wasn't widely, widely accepted, um, as a norm, if you will. And so I was definitely concerned about that. Um, but you know, that wouldn't have stopped me obviously. Um, and so, uh, he was supposed to come down three days before the wedding. So the wedding was on Wednesday, on Saturday and he was supposed to come down on Wednesday. So I got to Atlanta and started helping do, do stuff. And I want to say probably like Sunday, um, he disappeared in Tennessee, stopped calling me, stopped, you know, reaching out to me, just completely disappeared. Um, so then a whole nother set of emotions kick in. Cause now I'm worried for one, like, is he okay? What's happened? But also I'm incredibly anxious and honestly terrified of what this may, what this may lead to. Uh, so literally for, for a couple of days, no one could get in a hold of him. And I recall the base where he worked like his office. And I don't know if his buddies were covering for him or what, but like they would tell me that he wasn't there and they didn't know where he was. They hadn't seen him or they would tell me, you know, he checked in, but he's gone now. So at least I knew he was okay. Um, it was just incredibly bizarre. Um, and like I said, terrifying, nerve wracking, all of those words. (laughs) Um, and so it was Wednesday. Um, I want to say it was Wednesday. Yeah. Wednesday, I think. Uh, before the wedding, literally people were on the planes from England coming over. When um, I've been at home, my parents were at work. I've been at home at my parents' house all morning, like not in a good place, obviously, still trying to find him, still trying to figure out what's going on. And I hadn't slept because of this. Like I wasn't eating. It just wasn't a good time. And my dad called me probably mid-morning, I guess, and told me, he had just talked to him and he, I, I really feel like I remember this correctly. My dad may correct me, but I feel like my dad told me don't answer the phone when he calls. Like if he calls before I, he, I think my dad said, I'm coming home. If he calls before I get there, don't answer the phone. So of course then like, what am I going to do? Not answer the phone. Are you kidding me? Um, so I hung up with my dad. He said he was going to come home and he, you know, it doesn't work too far away from where, um, where we, where they live. And, um, sure enough, like a minute later, the phone rings and I answer it. <laughs> There's like not a doubt in my mind. I'm answering the phone at this point. I need to know what's happening. And so, uh, it, it's him, it's my fiance. And, uh, he basically told me that he, um, did not want to get married anymore. Um, this was not what he wanted and that, um, he did want us still to live together. You know, maybe one day we could get married, but not, not right now. But that, um, I don't think he told me this that day. He did tell me he still wanted us to live together, but he just didn't want to get married right now. And that he wasn't coming to Atlanta, which for me, I'm a person, I'm someone that needs you in front of me when you're telling me this and he was gone. So, Um, yeah, (laughs) 
it's just, it's another blow, right? It's another shot. And I can tell you that at that point, my faith was incredibly thin again. You know, I didn't turn my back on God like I did the first time, but man, I just, what is happening? Like, are you kidding me? Like, you know, I felt like I had been to the absolute rock bottom and I was trying to get out and making new decisions. And granted, some of my choices were not great, but on the, for the most part, I was trying to make, you know, better choices and move on up. And here is yet another blow. This wedding that all these people are coming to in three days is now canceled. And... I'm just completely devastated, completely devastated. Um, I actually, my mom actually, um, my dad had called her and told her, and she had the, she worked at the British consulate in Atlanta at the time. Um, and she actually had the official driver for the consul general uh, drive her home because he had diplomatic plates so they can break the speed limit <laughs> legally. So she literally had him drive her home because my parents, I think, I don't know that they've ever said it out loud, but my parents were not confident that I was going to be okay. Like, I think they honestly thought that this might be the absolute breaking point and that possibly I might do something crazy as in possibly even consider suicide. Like I was, I was so upset. I was so frustrated. I was so hurt and disappointed and all those, like so many words, um, all balled into one. And, um, yeah, I didn't know what to do with myself. Uh, I just cried and cried and cried. I was angry. Um, you know, I wanted to, I immediately wanted to go to wherever he was so that I could see him face to face and be like, what are you talking about? Like, you're really doing this right now. Um, it was very hard for me to see clearly, um, to even see tomorrow at that point. Like, how do I do that? You know, how do I focus on tomorrow when so many bad things are, are happening? Um, like, where was God? I think that was the biggest question I had, which is ridiculous again. Like, God didn't do this. Um, you know, there were so many things that I did and I brought on myself. Um, yes, other people's actions obviously affected me and, and all of that. But, like, these were things that I put myself in these situations. This was not a God thing at all. Um, and yet I wanted to blame him. I wanted to be angry at him. I didn't, again, didn't want to turn away from him, but I definitely questioned, like, what is happening to my life? So after the wedding fell through, um, we took a couple days and went up to Tennessee to my house up there. Uh, I didn't think he was actually there. I thought he, he was from New, New Jersey originally, so I thought he had gone home to see his family. Um <clears throat> So we went up there with a U-Haul, my parents and I and our friends from England who had flown over and uh, packed up all of my stuff. I had cats, so I had to get my cats out of the house and 
Um, I mean, it's the quickest packing loading job you've ever seen in your life because literally we walked in there with empty boxes and just started throwing stuff in there to make sure I got all my stuff out, left him with whatever I needed to leave him with and just left. Um, however, while we were packing up, he did show up, um, and he asked for the ring back. And it was at that point that we talked outside the house for a minute and he said he really didn't want me to leave. He wanted me to live there. Um, but you know, he, it would just be that I would have to understand that we would not be, you know, we would be able to see other people basically and bring other people back to the house. I was like, my goodness, are you crazy? Yeah, thanks. Here's your ring. Bye. So, um, yeah, finished packing up, moved back to Atlanta and just, I'm pretty sure I just wallowed for days, um, in Atlanta at my parents' house, just trying to pick up the pieces again and figure out what to do, uh, how to move forward. Um, fortunately, I was able to get a job um, pretty quickly. I don't remember how long I didn't work, but um, it wasn't very long, like a couple weeks maybe. And I got a job at a store and then later on got a job um, with the Salvation Army and uh, was able to start working full time again, um, you know, start saving money, things like that. It was actually there that I met who would be my actual future husband, uh, somebody who I had actually gone to school with, high school with. We re-met. He was um, uh, the son of pastors or officers in the Salvation Army, so I knew him pretty well, and we just uh, hit it off really well uh, after a couple months, and you know, we we're really good friends, and then started dating, um, and then a few years later, we got married. Um, the next part of my story. I'm going to cut it really short because, yeah, it's important, but it, the details are not that important um, uh, right now. But uh, we did get married. Um, I was able to quit smoking because we were trying to have a baby, so I quit cold turkey. Um, I did get pregnant and had uh, our son, who is now 14 years old. Um, however, unfortunately, um, Things didn't work out in our marriage, and so uh, we did get divorced uh, several years ago now. And um, just two years ago, uh, his family lives in Arizona, and so, or most of them do. And so he um, has full custody of my son, which was a decision that was not incredibly hard for me to make because he's such an incredible dad, and the bond between my son and him are amazing. Um, and, uh, I really felt strongly that my son needed his dad in his life, you know, on a permanent basis. Of course, I wish that I could see him every single day. Um, and that's a whole nother thing, and I'm not going to get into that, but, um, but yeah, they moved to Arizona uh, a couple years ago. And so that's been a little tricky, just, you know, the distance and whatnot, but we make it work. And, uh, my son is just an incredible, um, an incredible kid and just has been so strong through this whole situation. And, um, he is the apple of my eye. He also looks pretty much identical to me. <laughs> if someone puts a picture on Facebook of him, then it like asks me if I want to tag it as myself because it thinks it's me, which poor kid. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so we make it work. Um, but Obviously, that was just another thing that happened later on was the divorce and everything. But uh, it was amicable and, you know, we are on good terms. So that is I praise God for that part that at least we are friends and, uh, you know, we are able to get along and all that. Um, 
but anyway, so really, um, as far as the, the really roller coaster struggle, difficult time, um, I think it's interesting to note that from the time that I started really getting involved in drugs and alcohol until the time that really I came back to Atlanta um, after the failed marriage or failed wedding, I should say, um, is only a period of like, you know, maybe six years, maybe not even that long. Like, I'm trying to think, gosh, I told you guys I'm really bad with dates. Um, but yes, basically from like 93 through to 99, 98. So it's really not that long of a time span, but so much happened during that time. Um, I want to reiterate, because again, I've, I've told you guys my story, at least this portion that is what I feel is where the most work was done in my life through God. Um, because it was just a total, you know, I had to be a total transformation. Um, but I did not do any of this. I did not get through any of this without God. I may have thought I did initially, <laughs> but it was God 100%. There's a couple episodes back. I don't remember when, may have even been the last episode that I shared the um, poem or the, the reading footprints in the sand. And I think, again, it's just such an incredible vision for us to paint for all of us that, you know, we, God walks beside us every single day. He never leaves us, never, ever leaves us. No matter what we can turn our back on him. We can be like, Mm-mm, done with you. Going to do my own thing. Um, but he's like, no, you know, fine. Do you know, if that's what you're going to do, I'm still going to be right here. Like, you know, I'm still going to be trying to get you to, to understand that here I am. And this is how I want you to live. Um, and then those times when we can't even walk ourselves because it just gets so hard, like the struggle is so real, uh, that's when he's carrying us. That's when he's like, okay, well, just get on my back or here, I'll just hold you in my arms and we'll keep walking forward. You know, it may not feel like it right now, but I promise you, keep your faith in God and, and you're, you're going to make it through. Um and it's just an, such an amazing thing. And I love that, um, that vision that, you know, that we can see that, um, it's truly powerful. Uh, and you know, my life verse, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Like I can't, I can't imagine if I literally had never been a Christian and never known God, like how would I have ever gotten through any of that? I don't know. Um, and so that is really, really amazing to me. And I'm, I'm humbled by it because I think of all the wrong that I did, all the bad choices I made, other stupid things that I did, um, the people I hurt, um, you know, and yet God still loves me no matter what. Uh, and I, I'm just so appreciative of that. So, <clears throat> I want to just for a minute focus in um, just for a tiny bit to tell you where I'm at today, because that is a huge part of my story as well. And I did mention some of this in a couple episodes. I know um, episode five, when Bernie, um, my friend Bernie was on with me, he talked about this as well. But 
I want you to, if you don't know me, <clears throat> or at least don't know me well, I want you to understand where I'm at today. Um, because it's definitely been a, a 180 for me. Like I've gone from, you know, this absolute pit of sin and, you know, horrible things and struggles to now it's not perfect. I promise you that. And it will, will never be perfect because guess what? We're all humans. Um, but now I'm in, in the, the place in my life where I am able to focus on, um, on God in everything that I do. I'm able to work on improving myself um, through him, but more than anything, and this is the part that I just, I, I love that I get to do this. I get to pour into others. Um, and not necessarily through my story, but just through what I do on a daily basis. I work for the Salvation Army at one of their churches. I get to spend time with kids. I get to spend time with young adults. I get to spend time with, you know, adults. Um, I get to do things uh, with people from around the United States, especially the southeastern United States, um, and just, you know, be not only hopefully breathe God into them and to show them what life is like or can be like when you give yourself fully to God, but also, like, I get to be inspired by those people who I've got many mentors out there that people I just look up to, um, you know, and they ne haven't necessarily had it easy. Um, a lot of them have had their own struggles, but I get to watch them and see how they've, you know, reacted, how they've turned their life around, how they've moved forward um, with God on their side. And it's just, uh, I just love that opportunity and what I get to do with that. Um, and so again, this podcast, um, that's part of it. It's just, you know, I wanted to share my story uh, to show how you can go from just the depths of despair, literally, from rock bottom, maybe even underneath rock bottom at some point for me. Um, but it, you can turn that around uh, and it can be done through Christ. Like that is how you do it. Um, and that's just, you can't put a value on that. You can't, you can't. I feel like you can't write that in a book. Like you have to see it in action. I mean, you can write it in a book, but you know, it's in the Bible. Um, but you know what I mean? Like it's being able to see it in action, to see God's love, to see God's hope, to see God's faith, his mercy, his grace, like through someone else's life is amazing. I've seen it, like I said, through other people's lives who have been inspirations to me. Um, and I hope that I can be an inspiration to somebody out there. Um, I really hope that if you are struggling with something today and it doesn't have to be anything like what I'm struggling with, you know, you can't measure, we can't measure each other's struggles. Like that doesn't work like that. Like I can't say, well, mine was, you know, way worse than yours. That doesn't work like that. That's not how it goes. Like each of our struggles are our own um, and how we react to them, how we, you know, are use them, um, how we talk about them, how we work through them, that is a personal thing. And there is no measure on how bad someone's, you know, life is or even how good someone's life is. It's personal to them. Um, but if you're going through something, whatever it is, 
I just pray, pray, pray that you will find the hope, the peace, um, the love that, that God has for you, that you will cling on to that and that you will take steps to do whatever you need to do to get back on the right path, to make it through that struggle. Maybe this is something that's happened that is completely out of your control, right? These things happen all the time. You know, God never said it would be easy to be a human being. He said that there were going to be struggles. Like, this is going to happen. We're going to face hard times. It's how we react to those hard times. It's how we present ourselves, how we turn to Him, um, you know, how we have faith in Him during those difficult times. That's how we get through them. And just having the faith that He's going to make it, you know, make it possible for us to get through them. That's all we need. Um before I, I do a little bit of businessy kind of stuff at the end of this episode, I do want to say this, and I want to give you the opportunity to do this. You know, there may be some people out there who are listening, maybe it's you, who don't know Christ. And you're like, well, that's great. Thanks for telling me your story. I don't know God. I don't have a personal relationship with him. What's he going to do for me? I don't even know how to start a personal relationship. Well, I am here to tell you that that is the easiest thing in the world for you to do. As long as you have that faith in your heart, as long as you are willing to let God take over, it is so easy for you to ask God to come into your life. And I want to give um, you guys that opportunity uh, by just praying a simple prayer. And I'm going to pray it. Um, and maybe you want to repeat it. Maybe you want to pray it later after you're done listening, whatever it is. But I want you to understand how simple it is because God loves you and you are God's child, no matter what you, you may be, you know, have lived your whole life and not believed in God or not wanted a relationship with God. It doesn't matter. He's going to forgive you. He's going to let you, you know, give your life to him that there's just no question about it. So, um, if you guys would just allow me just a second to just say the simple prayer that you can repeat, that you can say later, um, if you need God and you want God to become your personal Savior, all you have to say is, Dear God, I am your child. I am here to ask for forgiveness for any wrong that I have done. I thank you, Lord, for sending your son to die for my sin so that I can live a clean life. And Lord, today I want to give my life to you. And I ask that you will take over, take the reins and lead me on the path that you have already set out for me. I love you, Lord. Amen. And it's that simple, right? But that can be a life-changing moment. If you do not know Christ and you want to know Christ, just fall down on your knees. Not, it doesn't have to be literally, but you know, just give yourself to Him. Ask for forgiveness. Believe in Him. 
And then it's just really simple because after that, you know, especially now with the resources that we have available to us on, on the internet and, you know, on our phones and everything, it's so easy now to just find a simple devotional or a really easy Bible study to follow, especially for new believers. Um, and I encourage you to do that. And even if you're not a new believer, if you're not strengthening your personal relationship with Christ, um, on a daily basis, or if not on a daily basis, as often as possible, um, I really encourage you to find like an app or, um, something online. There's, there's places that will send you an email every day with a short devotional in it. You know, just start pouring yourself into those and eventually you'll just thirst for more and more and more. And you'll be so excited. Like you can't stop. Like you want to learn more about Christ. Um, and I mean, I have lots of recommendations of apps and sites and things. I'm not going to do it right here, right now. But if you are interested, for by all means, reach out to me um, through the email or on the website. Um, and I will be more than happy to share some resources with you. But I just really hope that through, like I said, through my story, you can see how amazing Christ is and that you want that relationship with him. Um, so just to kind of finish up. Um, first of all, I want to say that, uh, first of all, I want to thank you all. If you've made it this far, wow. I just thank you so much for just spending time with, with me through this podcast. Um, I, I, again, I hope that it's helped you in some way or been an inspiration, or maybe you can use my story to tell someone else, like maybe, you know, someone going through something, oh, you should, you know, this hear what happened and how God like worked in this person's life. Um, I also apologize because I think my voice has been really croaky this episode, but the pollen is crazy in Atlanta right now. So sorry about that. Um, but also um, I really want to emphasize the importance of us all sharing our stories. Um, it's not, it's not necessarily an easy thing to do. I'm not saying that you should just be able to like walk up to whoever and just be like, can I tell you my story? Cause that's not easy. There were many years that I did not want to share my story. And maybe now you've heard it, you could understand why, like, I'm not proud of what I did by any stretch. Like there's, there's no, um, like I couldn't find a good reason initially to share that. Like, why would anybody want to tell anyone else that? But as God worked through me and I kept seeing all the things that he had done that I was blind to, like I realized, like, I have to share this because this is God's work through me. And, you know, other people need to, to hear this. So um, I really want to encourage you to share your story. There are many different ways you can do it. Um, it could just be to a really good friend, to a family member. Maybe, maybe there's someone in your family that doesn't even know what you've been through or, you know, what God's done in your life. Um, maybe you want to share it, you know, through poetry or song or, um, you know, there's, there's so many different mediums you can use. And I'm excited that I'm getting to explore some of those, um, to kind of help other people share their stories. Um, and there may be more on that soon on the website, but anyway, um, but also if you are at the point where your story, you know, you feel like you really want to share it publicly, uh, I would love to hear, um, you know, what your story is and possibly use your story as an episode on this podcast. 
I think it's it's vital, um, just like that quote at the beginning that I shared said, like, your story could be a page in someone else's survival guide, right? Someone else needs to hear how you got through it, how God worked in your life, how, you know, how you are now, like compared to how you were, things like that. Um, and so if you are interested in possibly uh, having an episode, now I do want to do full disclosure we probably wouldn't do do multi multi episodes like we have with mine, um, but maybe just like if you can share for like thirty minutes or so something in your story, or if your story can be condensed down. I've told my story in in like three minutes, which is pretty crazy. Also very difficult, but um, but there are ways to like you know not tell all of the details, obviously. Uh, but please reach out to me and we can talk about it and see if that's something we can do. Um, because I would love for this podcast to be a voice for others, like not just me, uh, to show what God's done in their lives as well. Um, and that will be really exciting, I think. Uh, and it's also freeing for you when you get to tell your story and say it out loud. Um, it's like a weight is lifted. It's not necessarily that you were keeping it secret, but you know, now it's out in the open and you can freely talk about it. You can process things. You can um, work through it and just, again, see how much good God has done in your life. I also want to emphasize, too, that a lot of times people will say, well, I don't really have a story. Like, I never really did anything crazy. Um, I've known God my whole life, et cetera, et cetera. Again, that is a story. (laughs) It doesn't have to be full of bad things or difficult things or, you know, giant struggles. Like people need to hear the great stories as well. You know, I could tell you a ton of amazing things that have happened in my life. Um, And maybe later on, who knows, down the road, maybe we'll add some episodes. But, um, you know, having a story that is just full of hope, And, you know, good things is a great story to share as well, because, you know, it doesn't mean that we all have had struggles like we've all had difficult times. Some people don't have, you know, those situations, at least not to the extent that others do. And people need to understand that that's okay. That's great, too. Like that's that's really great. And so um, if you think you don't have a story, I challenge that because people need to hear the, the, you know, positive, uplifting stories of hope to show that, you know, you don't have to go through struggles. God's going to be with you the whole time, no matter what. Like God's with you if you're having the best day of your life or the worst day of your life. God's there, period, right? So we needed to make sure we share those stories. Um, I'm just trying to think if there's anything else to say. Uh, I did say it's funny. I went back and listened to the first episode. Actually, in full disclosure, up until now, all six episodes prior to this one are fully ready to go. I've just been sitting on my hands trying to figure out when to record this one. But um, the first episode, I said, like, oh, you know, I have an outline for every episode and blah, blah, blah. So I'll try not to ramble. Well, that went out the window after the first episode because all the episodes after that, no outline whatsoever. I've just been chit chatting. So I do apologize if I've rambled some, I do apologize if I've repeated a lot. What I hope I've repeated is the most important thing. And that is that Jesus is everything and that God is always with us. Right. Um, so 
again, I want to thank you so much for, um, for tuning in, for listening. Um, there is a chance I keep thinking about possibly asking my parents if they want to come on. <laughs> They'll probably hear it on this, ep- on this episode, but, um, you know, it's, I'm also very, um, conscious of, of opening old wounds. Like if it's not necessary, you know, do we really need to do that? Um, there's also, I would love to do a question and answer episode. So if you have questions for me based on what I've said, um, what I've told you, or even like, you feel like I was too vague on a point or like you, maybe I, maybe I rambled too much and you're like, I don't really understand what you're talking about. Um, I would love for you to ask questions and possibly if we have enough, we may just do a question and answer episode. I'll get someone else to come on with me. Um, cause I think that would be really cool too, because a lot of times, you know, I've, now that I've told it, like I could have like spurred things in your mind, like, well, what happened then? Or how did you get through this? Or, you know, how did you know God was there? Blah, blah, blah. So if you have a question, by all means, submit it on the website. There'll be, again, a link or information on how to email me. Um, And also, uh, I do have an Instagram page for this, or an Instagram account, whatever, for this um, podcast, which is uh, tangiblegrace77. That's the handle for the Instagram. Um, So you can always, like, leave a direct message there for me as well. Um, maybe I'll get a Facebook page as well. I don't know. <laughs> um, but I do, again, want to say thank you. I want to say a huge thank you to uh, my friend John, who has um, done the editing for me. Granted, um, the you probably can tell most of these episodes have had zero editing in what I've said, mostly because I don't stop talking. Um, <laughs> but uh, he's been editing in the music and uh, just adding some stuff and kind of giving me some direction on how to do this and He's just been great, and he volunteered it. He heard that I wanted to do this and kind of approached me and said, hey, can I help you with this? And I was like, yeah, are you kidding? Um, so I really appreciate it, appreciate that. I appreciate Marty um, for giving me uh, the right to use his music for the intro and outro. Hopefully you've heard the tag at the end of each episode that just tells you how to um, find him and his music. He's an incredible friend and an incredible musician, and so for sure check that out. Um, listen to the tag at the end of this episode and you'll know where it's at. I also want to thank publicly um, my family who have just, you know, uh, stuck by me through thick and thin, Um, especially my parents. Um, And obviously, again, I want to just emphasize that when I went to jail and my parents didn't get me, that was, that was one of the hardest things, you know, I had to understand. Uh, but looking back, it wasn't soon after really that I got out of jail that I understood, but looking back, I am forever grateful that they didn't come get me out of jail because again, I would not be sitting here today probably. Um, cause I would have run straight back to that lifestyle. So, uh, I can't imagine how hard that was for them to leave me there, but um, I am forever grateful that they did, even though at the time it was not great. <laughs> uh, but again, thank you to my mom and dad. Um, thank you to uh, my boyfriend who has supported me through all this as well. I appreciate that. And of course, uh, to my amazing son who is going to hear all this. And <laughs> I am actually going to have a chat with him before it all comes out. He knows some of the stuff, but I'm sure he'll find a way to listen. And so I want to be very um, 
you know, open with him about it as well, because he needs to understand how great God is too, and how God has worked in my life as well. So, um, anyway, again, thank you. And I'm going to sign off for now. So leave your questions. Let me know if you want to share a story. Um, and, uh, I hope to hear from you soon. Uh, and once again, I just want to emphasize that God is amazing. Uh, this is all because of him. And, uh, my life verse Philippians 4:13 says I can do all this all things through him who strengthens me. Thanks, guys. Just want to give a shout out to Marty Michaels, who provided our intro and outro music for us for each episode. Check him out at martymichaels.com. That's Marty, M-A-R-T-Y, Michaels, M-I-K-L-E-S. Com. He is a, a dear friend and a phenomenal musician, and you should definitely check out his work. Uh, so thanks, Marty, for providing the music for us.